A lot of energy here this morning. Good, keep it going. Do you know that, that, that if you have uh, energy and you keep that going this morning, that I will actually preach better? Yeah? Amen. <sighs> There's an incentive right there. <laughs> hey, um, oh, this week, a uh, couple of days, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had the great opportunity um, of gathering with another, about 10 of us, uh, church leaders from our movement. We're part of Churches of Christ here in WA. And uh, we gathered for two days offsite to share best practices, best ideas around key um, topics, key moving parts in church leadership and so on. And, 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 and by the way, this isn't the reason I'm sharing that story, but uh, I want you to know, and it's important for us to know, that um, the way it worked is we didn't gather sort of 10 of us and then have a guru come in and teach us all the things we needed to know, although there's a place for that. Uh, what this was, was 10 of us coming together around the table and just and sharing best ideas and be best practices with one another free of charge. This wasn't a sense of, I've got a great idea, and if you uh, buy my, uh, you know, this piece of paper for $500, this was a, a free flow of exchange of ideas and questions and so on. And, and it's birthed out of an incredible unity that we enjoy here in Perth across our city. And, and you may not all be aware of that because, you know, I do this for a living and, and you may not be in that orbit all the time, but, but it's important to know that we are incredibly blessed to live in a city where God has brought the churches together and, and, and they've been together for a couple of decades now and used some key individuals for that to happen. And God says in His Word very clearly where there is Bless, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. So we can expect to see God continue to pour out His blessing on our city. So if you're ever thinking about moving somewhere else in this world outside of Perth, you're an idiot because, because God's gonna, He's pouring out His blessing here and ain't gonna stop so long as there's unity. Anyway, there's that. And it's fantastic because whilst it should be normal in every city around the world, unfortunately it isn't. There is a lot of churches that think they're in competition with other churches. We're not in competition with other churches today. We're in competition with the Royal Show. We're in competition with people's dunas. We're, we're, we're in competition with central heating. We're in competition, do you understand? We're working together with other churches to see God's kingdom expand in our city and in our nation. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. So I'm at this offsite. We, we held it at um, the Siebel uh, Apartments just in Claysbrook Cove in East Perth, great little spot. And um, Wednesday morning, uh, before the session started, I was scheduled to, to do a run, a 10K run, part of my training. And uh, let's just say spring had unsprung uh, on Wednesday morning. And, uh, and if I was to go outside and run around the river, there was a risk I'd get blown in to the river. Um, so the hotel's got a little fitness center. It's got a, a few uh, treadmills, uh, which I refer to as dreadmills. And the reason I refer to them as dreadmills is not that you can't get a workout done, because you can. In fact, you just program in your 10 kilometers and you run, uh, meant to run, uh, until you're finished. Um, so I had the choice of going outside for my 10K run, wet, wild, windy, um, or staying in the, the gym, uh, treadmill, warm, climate controlled, vending machine next to me. Some people's favourite machine in the gym is the vending machine. So there was an incentive right there. And, uh, but here's the thing, 
wasn't even an issue. Now, water, no big deal. Train outside, I'm not made of sugar, nothing to be afraid of. So, but I will almost always choose outdoors over indoors when it comes to training because even though I may have uh, trained for the same duration of time, even though I may have trained for the same, same distance, there's something about actually going outside and training outside. There's a feeling that I've actually been somewhere. There's a feeling that I've actually done something versus standing looking at a white wall or you know, worse still, the morning news station um, for the same amount of time. And, and I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking life, and you guys probably get this, Life can feel that way at times, like we're on a treadmill. Because some days and some weeks and some months and some years, this is what life can look like. Alarm goes off, wake up, drink coffee, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch a bit of TV, sleep, repeat. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Week one, week two, January, February, March, August, November, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. Lots of activity, but not always feeling like we're having lots of accomplishment. Lots of, of movement, but not always feeling like there's lots of meaning. Lots of parts, but not always feeling like there's lots of progress. And, and I know people who, who have stopped in their tracks or even just in this monotony and routine of life found themselves wondering, is all I'm on this planet for, is, is the reason I'm on this planet, is it, is it just to keep pace with this treadmill called life or, or is there something more? And one of the classic uh, places that, that, that I've hear people ask that sort of question is to do with their job. Some people are in a job that is very mundane and, and feels very menial. And they feel like, man, this is just not fulfilling. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm living my purpose. Or, or, or they may be in a job that's a good job, but it wasn't the job they studied for. And, and so looking back at this course of study, it's like, was that just meaningless. We can get that way in our marriage. Morning, morning, day, come home. How's your day? Good. Yours? Good. What's for dinner? Food. Thanks. <laughs> Good night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Empty nesters. I've known empty nesters that have felt this way. They've invested a couple of decades into their kids and then all of a sudden the kids move out and, and, and they're faced with the reality that, that, that raising their kids in their own home, they don't have that purpose. Now, that's not every empty nest. some are like, thank God they've left. But, uh, but for some, there can actually be a crisis of meaning. So today I wanna to talk in our Rise Above the Noise series about how we rise above this with purpose. Two weeks ago, Louie and I were sitting on our respective couches we have separate couches, sitting on our respective couches. And uh, I'm telling you, separate toothpaste tubes, separate dunas, and separate couches. Marital bliss. I'm telling you, you wanna come to a marriage conference, marriage workshop, marriage seminar, I'm running it. We'll walk in, you'll sit down, I'll say, separate toothpaste tubes, 
separate dunas and separate couches, you will live and married happily ever after goodbye. <laughs> so we're on our couches. <laughs> I have the remote as it should be. And, uh, and uh, I'm going, and I'm, we're flicking through, I'm flicking through Netflix. I'm just going through some, some of my list and things that I watched and cause Louie's kind of, she's looking for maybe some ideas of, of, uh, of what classy people watch on Netflix. And so we come across one uh, series on Netflix called Last Chance You. Now, I didn't have time to go into it. I've watched it as two seasons. I think it's fantastic. It's not exactly PG. And, um, and I said to Louie, I said, have you watched this yet? Like, you know, she knew about it. I said, have you watched this yet? She said, no, 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 I haven't watched it because you and everyone else I know that has watched it has told me they can't stop watching it. Once they watch one episode, they just go crazy, Netflix and binge. And I don't have time for that right now. So I'm gonna probably, you know, hold off to the school holiday break. And then I'm gonna dive in to that particular series. Because here's what happens. If you're not on Netflix, let me, let me catch you up. Here's what happens. If there's a series on Netflix, you can sit down and all you have to do for the episode one of the series is push play. And, and you think that you're just pushing play on one episode, but you're not. You're actually pushing autoplay. And, and if you're not careful, one episode very quickly becomes one season. And you have the choice, you have the choice at 4 a.m. of whether to go to bed for one hour before it's time to get up and go to work or watch the last episode in the season. It's very complicated. These are life choices we didn't have to make five years ago. So, so uh, but, 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 but Netflix are helpful because you push autoplay and, and you may watch several episodes but then it'll bring this screen up uh, on your television. Are you still watching? But I don't know if you've thought about this. This question, it's a little bit ambiguous. It all depends on the tone that you, you say it in your head when you reach it. Because it can sound a bit judgy. Are you still watching? Yeah, maybe you should think about wiping those Pringle crumbs off your, off your pyjamas and actually get out of the house and do something meaningful with your life. Judgy Netflix warning. I'm like, listen, Netflix, I'll stop when I flip and want to stop. Stop judging me. <laughs> that's right. Or you can think, you can think, oh, that's nice. Netflix is the only person in my world that checks in on me every few hours to see, are you okay? <laughs> but wouldn't it be helpful if something like this popped up in your world every few days, every few weeks, every few months maybe? Just this little pop-up says, are you doing something meaningful with your life? Wouldn't that be helpful? Like a, a pause on the autoplay of life? Not judgy, just, just forcing us to stop and consider. Are all we doing, is the only thing we're doing just keeping up with the treadmill? Or are we doing something meaningful with your life? Funerals are great for this. Funerals are great. Because all of a sudden you're confronted with your own mortality and, and, and it causes people to think, this is an auto-pause moment. 
Am I doing something meaningful with my life? Well, listen, I don't want you to wait till the next funeral to ask this question. I'd like this morning to be an auto pause for you to ask this question, how do I rise above with purpose? If you pop open your Elevate app, there's a scene there of Jesus walking to Galilee and, uh, and actually walking into the temple. Now, now, the backstory or the context of this is uh, Jesus had, um, at the age of 30, okay, the age of 30, he kind of went public. Age of 30 was his ta-da uh, age, where he went down to the river and he actually got baptized by John, who we call John the Baptist. It's not his full name. Uh, he got baptized by John. After he got baptized, and there was people and that made the news, people were tweeting about. After he got baptized, he went out into the desert and, and, and kind of went off the, the grid for 40 days. And there's a whole thing that happened out there, which is pretty inspiring stuff to read about. But then he came back and this was his, this, Luke records this, Luke chapter four records this, his, his re-entry after the public baptism his re-entry into the, into the public sphere. And this is what Luke recorded. Jesus returned to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. He went away and spent time alone. Him and God was confronted by the devil, but it, but it built up his faith. Some of your darkest times will be some of your most faith building times. Some of your desert experiences are gonna do far more for your growth than your mountaintop experiences because you get to see God work with you and bring you through the desert and you don't take any credit for yourself. Mountaintop experiences, guys especially, we, we, people ask us, how did you get to the mountaintop? We say, it's cause I'm so awesome. He's come back from the desert, powerful in the spirit, news that he was back spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their meeting places to everyone's acclaim and pleasure. He came to Nazareth, his hometown, where he had been reared. As he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. And when he stood up to read, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Here's a pattern. And you're here, and you're here despite the royal show being on. You're here despite we're meant to be celebrating Lizzie's 90-something birthday. You're here despite it being school holidays. You're here despite it being an Alaskan summer outside. You're here. So maybe what I'm about to say doesn't apply to you, but understand this, even Jesus, the Son of God, every week would push pause, would push pause on the autoplay of His life and gather in the house of God. It's incredibly instructive because when we come together, by the way, on the Sunday, the first day of the week, not the last day of the week, this gives us an opportunity to encourage one another because chances are many of you, you're the only Jesus follower in your workplace. And you come back together and you go, huh, Okay, it's not just me. You get to worship and worship together. You can worship on your own. And by the way, I hope you do. But there's something, there's something extra about coming together and worshiping together. You can be prayed for. You can have your perspectives recalibrated. This is a sense of, hey guys, here's something that God says in His Word and, and, and I'm gonna take, or whoever's teaching, take 30 minutes to point you in true north. You may have got off during the week. Super important. This when we gather together live as Elevate Church is pushing pause on the autoplay. And it can bring us clarity of purpose. 
if we allow it to, because we live in a culture, in our Western culture, where maybe it's overgeneralizing, but I think you may resonate with this, where, where it's considered, the, the purpose of life is considered to be healthy, happy, and successful. Does that sound about right? If, I, if, I, if I'm ticking those three boxes, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm successful, then, I, then that's, that's the purpose for my life. And by the way, not only is God not against those things, healthy, happy, successful, He's, he's rather for them. But they're not the most important thing that God has when it comes to the purpose for our life. They have a place. I'd rather be healthy than unhealthy, happy than unhappy, successful than unsuccessful. These are fine, these are good, but they're not the most important purpose God has for our lives. In fact, I summarise God's primary purpose with a very simple statement that we're put on this earth as followers of Jesus to reach people and build people, to reach people and build people, and, and in that order. Both, but not just one. And not just the one that's easy, and not just the one that's convenient. Reach people and build people. Reach people with the message of Jesus. This is what I talked about two weeks ago, this, this, this series we launched, Rise Above the Noise, with this idea that, that, that of all of the emails and text messages and social media contacts and, and, and every message, all of the noise that's out there, the most important message that's ever been delivered to planet Earth is the message that Jesus came from heaven, the Son of God, to earth as a man, lived on this earth for 33 and change years, died on a cross, was buried in the grave, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, overcame death, so that you and I and people who aren't yet followers of Him can choose to follow Him, have their sins forgiven, have a relationship with God, live with purpose, and live in that relationship with God for all eternity. It's the number one message that's ever been delivered. And here's the thing, we're now charged with the responsibility of spreading that message, rising above the noise with that message. Reach people, reach people, reach people. I said to our team the other week, you can get on a plane and when you discover that there's an empty seat next to you, thank God. But don't ever thank God that there's an empty seat next to you when you come in here on a Sunday morning. That should rip your shorts because there's a seat that we purchased so that someone that doesn't know Jesus can be here to hear about this message, the greatest message that's ever taught. And so we stood that morning, we stood. If you weren't here, in case you missed it, we stood with, with a name or some names of people already in our spheres, not actually praying to meet some non-Christian people, but to, to pray for the ones that are already in our spheres, to say, God, use me, use me, create open doors and opportunities so I can, so I can spread this message, open doors, and opportunities so I can spread this message and help me to live differently so they're gonna wanna hear it. So I'm not that guy or that girl that people cross the road or cross the aisle or cross the break room to avoid, but rather you're someone that they'd be open to listening to 
talking about that message and that we will continue to build people to invest and then invite and invest and then invite and then invest and then invite. Monday to Saturday in your spheres, invest, 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 invite, invite, invite. What if they say no? What if they say yes? Invest and invite. Reach people, build people, reach people, build people. Second week, no coincidence, last week I talked about reach rising above with influence. Because here's the thing. With influence, people listen to you. With influence, people want to lean into you. With influence, people are gonna be more receptive to hearing what you have to say, including an invitation to come and hear, to come and see what this looks and feels and smells like. And we talked about that last week, that we need to be people who outserve, out-encourage, out-give, everyone in our sphere and continue to invest and invite. And when you get this, when we get this, you can go to the same job on Monday that you were in on Friday with a renewed sense of purpose and meaning. That, that, that you start to understand it's not simply about what I do, although that, that, that's, that, that's important, but what's the most important thing is who I do it for and what sort of opportunities God can create in my so-called everyday life and build a sphere of influence where I can be used by God to reach people and build people, to align your life with God's purpose. Now, let me drill a little bit deeper. So Jesus is... Uh, He's in the temple. He went up to the front. They handed him the scrolls, kind of the older part of the Bible, the book, the part that God spoke through a guy named Isaiah. And this is how Luke recorded, this is an eyewitness account of what happened there in the temple. When Jesus stood up to read, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of the good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. And he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant and sat down. And every eye in the place was on him, intent. And then he started in. You've just heard scripture made history. It came true just now in this place. Now, there's a whole thing I can talk about there, about how offensive that would have been to a lot of people, that Jesus just said that this Messiah you've been waiting for is me. I will come back to that. But what I, what I wanna look at, can you pull that one up, next one up, uh, Johnny, um, with that scripture? Is he still there? He's black, he's Kenyan. I can't even see him down in that corner. Um, it's not racist, it's true. Don't ever call me a white person. I'm not, wi I'm not white, I'm sort of pasty pink. When you call me white, it offends me. Anyway, um, these highlights in blue, this was Jesus' job description, but now as followers of Jesus and representatives of Jesus, these become our job description. 
This is what it looks like to live with purpose. This is what it looks like to rise above with purpose. Here's the moving parts. Here's the fleshing out. Not just to say, uh, go out Monday to Saturday and live with purpose. Here's the actual moving parts of that. And let me break it down to preach the message of the good news to the poor. That word poor there, when it was used in that context, actually didn't just refer to people who didn't have money. It included them. And it also included those who were spiritually poor. In fact, that word's often translated as those who were spiritually bankrupt. And here's the thing, you can live in a McMansion in a very fancy postcode and drive an expensive European automobile and you still need to know Jesus. It's not just the, 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 the materially poor, in some suburbs of our city. It's not just the materially poor in some developing countries around the world, though it includes them, that we're meant to spread the message of the good news to them. It also includes people in wealthy jobs, in wealthy homes, driving expensive cars because people in Versace suits are going to hell if they don't know Jesus. You get that? These people that, that and I, this is the thing, Whenever I'm riffing on about people in McMansions and driving expensive cars, I'm not actually putting them down. Here's the thing. We need to pray that God would give us open doors and opportunities with them, that they would be included in the people that we can actually have some influence in because they need to know Jesus, just like the person with our two cents to rub together. And we don't think of them as poor, but they are. If you don't know Jesus, you're spiritually bankrupt. And so Jesus says, hey, this is my job while I'm on this planet and it's now your job while you're on the planet to preach the message of the good news to the poor. Bam, got it? She's like, oh, it's my job description. I better write this stuff down. Yeah. To announce pardon to the prisoners. And again, this may uh, include people who are physically in prison, but it, but it doesn't, it's not limited to them because there are a lot of people in our spheres that are imprisoned by ways of thinking. Yeah. There are people in our spheres that are imprisoned by ways of acting. Yeah. There, are, there, are, there are people who are, who are doing damage to themselves, who are painting themselves into a very dark and bleak corner because of how they think, how they live, how they act, how they speak. And they're very much in prison, even though they may be walking the streets by choice. Yeah. And so we have the opportunity and the responsibility to announce pardon to the prisoners. And I don't want you to miss this. In this, uh, this uh, offsite with the, the church leaders this week, we were just uh, sharing ideas about reaching into the community and so on and so forth. And, and the overwhelming majority of the, of the crew there all said the same thing that whenever they have a push, whether it's an event or a big day, Easter, Christmas, and so on, whenever they do that and invite people, they say the, the biggest hurdle that they have to overcome is the people that they're inviting think metaphorically, but actually almost kind of with a level of reality, think that if they walked into the doors of a church building, that either lightning bolts will strike from heaven and strike them dead, or the church roof will cave in and everyone will get killed 
in the process. Like it's just that, that idea because, because people in our spheres, there's, there's, there's a presumption that God's out to get them. There's a presumption that God's out to punish them. There's, a presu- there's an overwhelming, and you know this because you're out in the wild and you're interfacing with people every day who aren't yet following Jesus. And some of them, if not many of them, have this idea because of what they've done in their past, because of what they're doing today. If they went anywhere near God, that it wouldn't be pretty. That God's out to judge them and condemn them. And yet Jesus says, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't come to judge you. I actually came to pardon you. And this is epic because, because pardoning recognises that yes, you did it. However, I'm gonna forgive you and release you from the punishment of what you did. Man, if we can get that message out there, it's the game changer because it flies in the face of what many of the people that we're investing in actually think about the nature and the character of God. Recovery of sight to the blind. Again, Jesus physically healed some people who were blind, caused them to see. He rubbed some mud in, in saliva, it was gross, uh, and rubbed it on their face. It's like my mom when I was six, like with the handkerchief, and it's like, oh, mom. I know you like to think your spit don't stink, but it does, man. Some of you will get that later. Anyway, um, recovery of sight to the blind. Yes, it included some physical things, but, 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 but it's more than that. You and I know people who can't see their value. And Jesus came to show them their value, to restore their sense of worth. Some of them can't see any hope for tomorrow. And so they live desperate, they live destructive. And Jesus wants to recover their sight and help them see purpose and potential and calling and meaning. To set the burdened and battered free, well, that uh, may sound like you know, physical things, burdened and battered, but, but, but it, it, it includes those, but it also means people who are overwhelmed by the expectation of others. People who are overwhelmed by the pressures and the circumstances of life that Jesus actually came to do the heavy lifting that he would set the burdened and battered free. And you don't have to move to an overseas country that you don't wanna go to, to do these things. You simply have to walk out of these doors with your coffee and commit to these things to discover all of a sudden a new level of purpose in your life, to preach the message of the good news to the poor, to announce pardon to the prisoners, to recover sight to the blind, to set the burdened and battered free. And God may be giving you some specifics, even now, I'm trusting that God's giving some of you some specifics, that some of you, he's specifically saying it's time to step up. Next year, and I'm gonna like a bit of a long range thing, next year, lead an Elevate group. Well, I've never led an Elevate group before. Yeah, exactly. But that may be the very thing that God's speaking to you because he wants to create some more room, some more space where you can invite people in your sphere together because some of them will come to your home, but they won't come to this auditorium yet. 
But in your home, leading an Elevate group, there's an opportunity to, for them to be exposed to Jesus and, and, and get this, this incredibly revolutionary good news yeah. that Jesus is and why He came. Some of you, it's actually two weeks ago, the person you stood up to pray for, God's saying, have you done something about that? Have you invited them for coffee? Have you invited them for a meal? Are you praying for open doors and opportunities? Or, no judgy, but maybe a bit of conviction here, have you done nothing in this last two weeks after you sat down praying? Our hosts are gonna pass a bit of a cracker and a bit of a juice right now. And I want you just to grab that as it goes by. Grab a, a bit of cracker, grab a little cup of juice just, and just hang on to that. And we're gonna take together what we call communion. Before we do that, and actually this morning, I wanna kind of change the focus of communion is I wanna take communion, not just to remind ourselves of what Jesus has done for us, but actually to push pause on the autoplay of life for us to, to commit ourselves further, deeper, that this message that Jesus brought isn't just for us and it can't be kept just to us. Jesus had just finished reading this prophecy, this, this thing from the book of Isaiah. He handed the scroll back, he sat down, he said, this has just been fulfilled in your, in, in your midst. And there was a <gasps> in the temple at that time. And then this is what happened next. All who were there, this was his hometown, understand. All who were there watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke. But they also said, isn't this Joseph's son? the one we've known since he was a youngster. Let, let, me, let me take a bit of literary liberty here. All who were there, who'd known him since he was a youngster, were watching and listening, and they were surprised that this lowly carpenter actually had a brain and, and, and was able to read and speak well. But they also said, isn't this just Joseph's son? Isn't this just the guy that used to kick the footy around? Isn't this just the guy that came to fix our uh, sunken archway in our passage? Isn't this just the guy that, that built the new uh, fender for our chariot? Isn't this just, because what's gonna happen for many of you is you, is you are gonna walk out of here with a new commitment to live with purpose, to do these things that Jesus demonstrated and the voices are gonna start and they're gonna start sometime this afternoon. <laughs> they might even start when you start your car. Who do you think you are? Rising above with influence, rising above with purpose. I mean, come on. And the devil's gonna be on one shoulder, the chatterbox, come on. You're going back to Bunnings tomorrow. You're going back to your cubicle tomorrow. And you really think that you, you, cubicle man, are gonna have any potential to, to, to spread the message of Jesus? I mean, come on. You're just an office worker. You're just a stay-at-home mom. You're just a student. You're just a retiree. You're just a manager. You're just a small business owner. You're just Joseph's son. 
I'm letting you know, I'm just getting out ahead of that thing. When it comes, you do what Jesus did and you respond with the truth. No, I'm a child of the Son of God. I was bought by His blood. I have been forgiven. I have been set free. I have been commissioned. I have been called. I'm living with purpose. And yeah, I, I, I'm the same person on Monday as I was on Friday with one big difference is I got a new level of clarity around my purpose. I was a little bit off. Sure glad I pushed pause on the autoplay of my life and turned up in the house of God on Sunday and, and helped see God's Word align my life. So I'm back here with purpose. No, I ain't just any of those things. I'm on a mission, baby. I'm called. I'm a child of the Son of God. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I, we measure effectiveness as a church with two things. The team know this. Numbers and stories. And that's why a few, two weeks ago, we released our progress report. It's in our app. Our progress report, and it was full of numbers and stories. Because both of those things matter. Numbers matter. Are we reaching more people? Are we seeing more people making progress? Numbers matter. We measure numbers. We don't just measure numbers because we could be growing a crowd, but we're not trying to just grow a crowd. We're, we're trying to see lives transformed by the truth of Jesus and the power of God's Holy Spirit. And that's where stories come in. And, 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 and the greatest encouragement that myself and our team ever get is a story of life transformation, is a story of I once was this and God's brought me to this. I'm not perfect yet. I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm sure not where I used to be. And some of you, God's been restoring you. And I've been loving seeing that journey. And it's a great privilege to lead this church and see you being restored. But here's the spoiler. God wasn't simply restoring you. He was actually preparing you. Jesus came out with this age 30. He spent 30 years getting prepared. You've been getting repaired and simultaneously getting prepared because your story is gonna be the thing that's gonna cut through everything else to influence another person. Because people can tell you that they don't believe God's real. They can tell you they don't believe the Bible's real, but they can't deny the truth of your story because it's your story. And by the way, many of them have been watching your story. And actually, in many cases, being quite amazed by your story. And they haven't read the Bible, but they've read you. And they've read your story. And there's power in that. It's undeniable power. The great paradox of this thing that we do when we celebrate communion, this cracker, it represents Jesus' body that was broken. And the great paradox is His body was broken so that your life could be put back together.
And don't ever forget that. But it wasn't just for you. And it wasn't just for me. It was the people in our spheres. And, and they might not know it yet. And they think they're gonna get judged and, and, and our responsibility is to tell them, no, you're gonna get pardoned. Jesus died so you could be forgiven, not condemned. Grab that cracker. I want you to take that and just think about that. And, 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 and thank God for that. Thank God in this moment. Thank Jesus in this moment that he, he was broken so you could be restored. That he was broken so the people in your sphere could be introduced to a game-changing truth that despite what they've done, no matter what they've done, they can be forgiven and pardoned. And then grab that cup, and that cup's got some juice, and this is symbolic of Jesus' blood that was shed. But here's the thing about blood. Jesus' blood flowed from Him, but now His blood pours into us. Blood contains power. Blood contains the life. I'm, I'm not talking new agey stuff. I'm talking about Jesus pouring out His blood on our behalf and us understanding that, that we don't live, we don't rise above, we don't influence, we don't share His message just in our own strength, but we're empowered by Him, empowered by His strength. He went before us and He goes before us. It's not just for us, but it is for us. And it's for the people in our spheres who don't know Him yet. So how about you drink that juice? And as you drink that juice, thank Jesus for dying in our place. Thank Jesus for going through the pain and the humiliation, the sacrifice on our behalf. We thank you. Jesus, I thank you this morning that you're bringing greater clarity around our purpose, God, that we are to reach people and build people, reach people and build people, reach people and build people, reach people and build people. In Jesus' name, amen.